Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. What I've learned is that, you know, people still want to know you. They want to know the person behind the brand. They want to know how the things are made. They want to know, you know, the story behind it. People still like to see the behind the scenes. They still like to see the person. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. My guest today is the insanely talented Kate Timmons, who also happens to be one of my most favorite people who I've ever worked with. What I love about this interview is that we chat about how being a photographer can lead to so many incredible ways to expand your business. Just some background that Kate has been a musician for many years, but while she was making music many, many years ago, she needed a job and she became an assistant for Sue Bryce. From there, Kate totally blossomed as a videographer and a photographer and creator of social motion packs, and she shares her experience with all of these things, including what it's like to be Sue's assistant. I felt so inspired for many different reasons after talking with Kate, and I have a feeling you will as well. Okay, let's get started with Kate Timmons. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. It's so, so, so good to hear your voice. I know. Likewise. I feel like I haven't seen you in person in a while. I know we haven't. It's been a long time. I know. Or maybe was it Sue's wedding or Sue's 50th? Was I think it, Sue's it was 50th? Sue's 50th birthday. Then, yeah. 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 That's right. um, I just want to say too, for our listeners that even though I call you Caitlin and you know your full name is Caitlin Timmons, you go by Kate, like on your Instagram and social media, it's K-A-I-T. So if I interchange like Kate and Caitlin, that's what's happening for people listening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kate is like kind of the name I adopted for my music. And now I just kind of go by that across the board. So yeah, you can call me okay, Kate. Cool. <laughs> okay. All right. So you wear so many hats and do so many different things creatively. I want to just give a little bit of a rundown and then we'll kind of go through each section of it because it's all really important, I think, to kind of how you got to where you are today. You know, you just do so much. (laughs) There's a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So when I first met you, this was, was this like 2015, 2014? No, 2015. Um, it might've been 2014. Oh no. Yeah. Was it 2014? Oh gosh. I should have thought about this before. I know it was before I I had Van and I had him in 2016 and Sue moved to LA. It's gotta be 2015. Maybe it was 14. Who knows? I guess it's not really that One of those. Yeah. Um, Okay. So when I first met you, Sue was looking for an assistant. And I remember she was like, universe, please just give me the best assistant. And then you were introduced to Sue by someone who needed to share an assistant. Mm -hmm. Then that's how you started working with Sue as an assistant. But you are 
obviously, and well, maybe not obviously to everyone listening, but I know that you are an incredibly talented musician. So when Sue met you, your heart was in like music and just you've put out so many amazing songs. You went to the like Berkeley School of Music. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to be your first passion, right? Yeah, absolutely. When I first met Sue, I had lived in LA for maybe two or three weeks. I was, you know, fresh out of college. I had, you know, enough money in my bank account to last me a month. And I was just desperate. I was looking for any job possible. I was, you know, applying to be a waitress, a bartender, anything. I would I was just kind of going along Ventura Boulevard and Studio City handing out my resume to anyone. And a friend of Sue's at the time was had a studio on Ventura Boulevard and I slipped my resume under the door and she's the one who ended up telling Sue about me and then you know the rest is history. I met her and she really she had just moved to LA as well. And so mm-hmm. yeah, I ended up being her assistant. I had worked at a photography studio as an after-school job in high school. It was actually my my best friend's family owned a portrait studio in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, where I'm from. And so I had a little bit of experience, you know, assisting. And so I was pretty excited about that. Like that that job sounded way better than being a waitress, but <laughs> I had I had no idea who Sue was, you know, I which mm-hmm. ended up being kind of great because after speaking with her about it, she realized that she didn't want to hire somebody who knew who she was because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it just became a lot less pressure for her and she could kind of help me become, you know, whatever it was that she needed in her studio. So she even trained me to do makeup for a while and then she trained me to take behind the scenes photos and then which eventually kind of turned into me taking behind the scenes videos. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and both of us know about Sue just having had her in our lives for so long that she will elevate you at all costs. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like her mission, her mission in life is to elevate the people around her who she loves. Yes. And and even not I mean just anyone around her she wants to elevate. Did you like take an interest in video and then she started showing you or was she just like here's the camera start taking behind the scenes, you know, how did all that work? Gosh. It's hard to even remember. I think I was already interested in taking some photos or being creative visually in some way, but I didn't know anything about the camera. So one day she just kind of set the camera, you know, put the ISO where it's supposed to be and handed it to me and just said, take some behind the scenes photos. That was the first thing before video even became part of the picture. And so... I remember we shot some behind the scenes photos of one of her portrait shoots and afterwards we're looking at it and she's like, you're not bad. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. You know, I, I was just trying to be like helpful. I was just trying to be a good assistant, good at my job. Like, but then that kind of snowballed into, okay, take some behind the scenes photos and maybe some like five second video clips. We can make like a little Animoto video and then yeah, kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> Yeah, because even though you were her assistant for several years, in kind of behind the scenes, which she was encouraging, you were starting your own sort of videography business for creatives also while you were working on your music. So I think, uh, you know, some people out there might know you as 
someone who for a while you had where you hired out your kind of video videography skills, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I spent about three years doing freelance videography work while also working for Sue. And during that time is when they started the Portrait Masters and, you know, helping them build this other brand. And so that kind of just became my role all around. So it kind of snowballed into after a few years of being Sue's assistant, then I they decided, you know what, let's have video be Caitlin's whole job. <laughs> and so yeah. I started becoming, gosh, I can't even remember what the title was that we agreed on. I think it was like video content creator or something like that. Yeah, director of video content. I feel right. like there's a director in there. It was something <laughs> like that. And where anything that had to do with video and marketing, I was doing for them. And on my own, on my own time, I also had a freelance business where I would work with entrepreneurs, brands, individuals, a lot of other photographers as well, creating their own video marketing for their businesses. And so I spent, yeah, it was about three years of doing that. Awesome. Okay. Before we get into what you're currently doing, which is a whole different shift, well, I guess it's kind of <laughs> related to it, but but I, I want to talk a little bit about what that was like for you having that freelance company, because I feel like it's a skill that photographers could truly hone in on to, oh, totally. for yeah. creatives to like add on services or even just to offer video services only. So you can you tell a little, us a little bit how you structured that whole part of your business? Yeah. So what's funny about how I kind of got into video is I took a lot of Sue's portrait principles and just applied them to video. Mm -hmm. You know, your camera settings, if you're shooting in natural light, are the same, whether you're shooting photos or video. I mean, obviously, if you're working with strobes, that's when it gets a little bit different with video. Right. But a lot of the photographers I was working with at the time were natural light photographers. And you set up the subject the same way that you set up a subject for a portrait. You know, you try to get flattering angles, you get flattering poses. The only difference is that the hair is blowing and you might be swaying, you know, with your camera, making a little bit of movement in the shot. So I just really applied what she was teaching and just added movement to it. And I think part of the reason that I loved it so much was that it gave me an opportunity to bring music into it and, and editing these visuals to music. It was a very similar process to songwriting, honestly. Like you start with some kind of opening intro. There's an arc, you know, you have to get to the heart wrenching part of the video, which might be like the chorus of a song. You know, it's kind of like mm -hmm. the same arc kind of applies whether you're writing a song or creating a video. And that's kind of like where I started to really love it was when I started to get into that flow. But in terms of structuring the business part of it, it, it was very similar to what Sue taught in terms of structuring a portrait business. You know, I would have a call with with my clients, talk about what their goals were, what they wanted, wanted to get out of it, what they wanted to use the video for. And then were most of your clients photographers or were were they other creatives? I'd say about 50% were photographers and then 50% were other creatives, whether it be an influencer who was working with a brand and she needed a beautiful video for it or brands themselves that weren't tied to an individual. You know, I worked with like a wedding dress brand, a jewelry brand, an eyelash extension brand, you know, a few different, mm -hmm. few different brands. Okay, so we would do the consultation and then, 
you know, I would plan the shoot. I would basically be the producer of the shoot, bringing all the props, all the gear, all the everything necessary, um, helping them plan, you know, do they want to use a model? Do they want to use a friend? Do they want to use a real client? Kind of helping them get that all together. And then we'd have the shoot day, which was usually either, you know, a day rate or an hourly rate if it was just a short, you know, mini little shoot. And then after that, I would charge a separate fee for the editing. So they had an option either to buy the raw footage and edit it themselves, or I could do the editing. I definitely preferred editing because it was, you know, it's when it all comes together. Sometimes it's like, I'm sure you know with photos, sometimes you can take a photo and it's like, okay. And then you get into editing it and it's like so freaking beautiful and amazing. And it's just, yeah, editing is everything. So I definitely enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how it worked. Okay. So do you remember kind of what your average was for doing this sort of work, your average sale? I think my average was around 2,500 per video, but man, it ranged a lot depending on who I was working with, what size of a brand I was working with and how many videos they wanted. So, you know, So I would end up basically creating packages for each client. And I started noticing that, especially in the last year that I was doing it, that everybody wanted a series of vertical videos. That's what everybody wanted from me as my service. And so that's kind of when I had the idea for social motion packs. Okay, gotcha. So, okay, let's back up a little bit. First, there was something that you said before that I really want to talk about, which is when you were creating the videos, you sort of equated it to how you would write a song. So there's obviously the build up, you know, the beginning, the build up, the crescendo. I don't, oh my God, I totally don't know the correct terms, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that was good. The emotional part <laughs> of it in the middle and then coming back down to earth sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much because I've seen so many videos that people have put together, whether it's, it's a slideshow or behind the scenes where I'm just like, it's a snooze fast after a couple, you know, 10 seconds. I'm like, what's happening next? It's like, right, right. either it's visually not interesting or it's just so slow moving. Maybe it is beautiful and maybe there is a lot going on that is I'm going to see, but my interest is gone and I'm just continue scrolling. So, right. I mean, I guess for that part of it, do you have any advice for just kind of visually keeping things going? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're not a songwriter, you know, everybody has written an essay, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up in school, they teach you how to write an essay that you have to hook them in, in the intro, give them a little taste of what's coming. And then you get into the meat and potatoes, right? Like three paragraphs of, you know, the body of it. And then you I've forgotten all of this. It's been so long since I've had like an English class. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, but then when you start to think about it, you're like, oh yeah, it's like there's an arc to it. And so that's another way to think about it. So one thing that I see photographers who are getting into video, a big mistake that I see them make all the time is that their clips are just way too long. Mm -hmm. And I understand how hard it is to trim those down, especially if it's something super beautiful that's happening. But really, when I was editing, you know, my clips would be pretty fast moving. They'd be around three to five seconds each, if that. And I always would try to edit to the beat of the music. So that's just a really quick little trick that now is becoming super mainstream with the way TikTok and Reels is, you know, everybody's editing to the way the music is moving. But that's something that really just helps 
move the video forward. So keep your clips a little bit short, edit to the music. And I would just start like your first shot should be something that will make people go, Ooh, I want to watch this. What is that? Like, it should be really, really exciting. Your first, your first clip. Yeah. Well, I talk about this a lot when it comes to your website and your Instagram and, and gosh, what else was I was saying this about the other day? I think I was talking with Damali, but it was about how you have to get their interest right away. Your Mm -hmm. best foot has to be forward at the very start because we only have a few seconds for people to decide if they're going to stay or go. And it sounds like it's exactly the same with video. Oh, yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, the first three seconds are everything. I think there's been a few studies about this that people decide in the first three seconds if it's a piece of content that they want to engage with or not. So that's why if you scroll TikTok, if you scroll Reels, you will notice that most people will start their video with some kind of title. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's almost like a headline. Same thing that newspapers use. You know, there's a reason why the headline is huge, and the first thing that you see at the top of the page. It's kind of that same psychology. You want to have. You want to start your videos with whatever they're going to see coming, or something really, really eye catching. Yeah, it's funny you say that because after I spoke with, oh, I was talking with Ashley Taylor yesterday mm-hmm. when I, we were doing a, um, a live about Instagram marketing. Oh, cool. And we were talking about reels, and that's exactly what she was saying as well. And so after, after I did the recording with her, I'm like, I was like, I'm going to make a reel because I just have not been great at making them. It's just one more thing to do. And I'm like, Ugh, but I know I, know I need to do it. <laughs> I know. So I ended up putting on, on a title, and this is not like the best title ever, but I got a lot of views very quickly. It was, want to see the Wait, what did I say? Oh, I think I saw it. Want to yeah. see my total hack of a re- of a podcast recording space? And like that was on, that's like the first thing that you see. And people, I think people kind of like the idea of seeing, you know, a space that's hacked or like, you know. Oh, totally. I don't know. So and you build the in. anticipation, you know, you're like, hey, want to see this? And they're like, yeah, I want to see it. I'm going to keep watching. So it's totally. kind of, you know, you have to start with something that will build their anticipation or pique their interest or pique their curiosity, whether it's, you know, five ways to take a self-portrait or, you know, want to see my DIY podcast studio. You know, it's just something, exactly. something. And it can be really small. I think a lot of people think that they don't have anything interesting to show or they don't have anything that's that's worthy of like being in content. But you'd be surprised, like even the most simple thing, like people go, people blow up online now for like making spaghetti and meatballs a certain way or like, you know, it's like, there is is everything. So it's like, just take something in your daily life and be like, like today, I literally just posted a reel. I took two very small iPhone clips of me taking a self-portrait in my backyard that does not like look and like anything fancy at all. It's literally just my camera on a tripod and like me waving at the camera. And then I showed the finished photos and that's it. And that's interesting enough, you know, for people to be like, oh, there's a small little storyline here. There's something to pay attention to. And it's, you know, edited quickly to the music. It's just, you know, you don't have to try that hard. I think people think that video is like this big thing that they need to learn everything first before they try it. Um, and I think it's, I think it can be a lot more simple than, than people think. Yeah. I actually just watched it as, as you were talking about that. I watched oh, really? your reel and it is, <laughs> it's just so, you make it look so simple and just so, 
easy. I'm like, it's like you breathe and then you have this amazing reel. (laughs) And you know what? I made a rule for myself that whenever I'm taking any kind of like social media content where I'm like holding my phone up and looking at the camera, you know, I'm like, okay, you get two takes. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't let myself do more than that because it keeps it quick. It keeps it like real, you know, like I don't have to think, okay, I want, I need to say this thing to my Instagram following like 800 times before I get the right like connotation in my voice or whatever. Like, no, like I, I get two takes. If I really screw up on the first one, okay, I get another one, but that's it. Like, I love that. You have to be quick and like not hold yourself to a crazy standard and just do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So w- I'm in this reel, I'm watching it and you, it looks like your computer is in there. Is that how, how are you editing or how are you using your computer in there while you're taking the photos? How did you, what oh, were you it's, doing? It's my iPad. So okay. I just have, I use a Lumix camera and it comes with a, you know, a remote shooting app. I think most of the big DSLRs have some kind of remote shooting app. I know Canon really? and Sony does. <laughs> you would think I would know that. <laughs> well, and it works really well because I'm most of the time I'm photographing myself or, um, you know, <laughs> taking video of myself. And right. so it works really well with setting up the shot, setting up the lighting, setting up the angles because I can see it on my iPad. I can literally hold my iPad while I'm in the shot and figure it out. That's a definitely a pro tip. If, if you haven't downloaded the app that goes with your DSLR, definitely do that. Usually it's your camera will give off some kind of Wi-Fi and you, you connect it either to your phone or to your iPad, or I think it should work on your laptop too. But yeah, that is clutch. That is awesome. okay. how I do I everything. these little tips. Yes. I've never really had to do a whole lot of self portraits or video of myself or anything until I started this podcast they're like we need more photos of you for marketing and I'm like okay yeah yeah anyways and so you know sometimes it's just easier when I have my hair and makeup done for a video that we're doing or something to just like throw my camera on a tripod and just do a couple photos while I have my hair and makeup done Mm -hmm. well I highly recommend having a professional photographer take your portraits sometimes it's not always super feasible so totally yeah, yeah that's a good tip all right there was another question that I had for you about music first of all you have the most gorgeous music that is on the portrait master store and I have used yeah. one of your songs beautiful in so many slideshows and I swear it makes my clients cry like nine out of ten times they're like the song Aww. like I cannot express how beautiful it is and how important music is when you're doing a slideshow and showing your clients either their photos or video it's oh, so yeah. so important Oh yeah, can you imagine doing that silently? Like uh, it's so weird. It, music, so music, like it brings emotion to anything. Like you can be looking at anything, and you add some beautiful music over it, and all of a sudden it's art. You know, yeah, that's yes. what I love about music. So, do you choose your song first? Because you said you're editing to the beat, so you must know mm-hmm. your whatever you're gonna, what song you're gonna choose first. I usually have have it in mind. If I don't have a specific song in mind, I have like a type of song in mind. Like I'll know while I'm filming like, oh, this one's going to be really edgy and upbeat and like big drums or something. Or, oh, no, this video is super light and airy and like flowery and like things, you know, it should be really soft and beautiful. Um, So you definitely have like you have a vibe in mind uh, when you're when you're filming, and I think most photographers have that intuition too. You know, you know whether you want to use like a gnarly rock song or if you want to use like a, a soft and delicate song. You know, I feel like you totally. could probably decide that by looking at your photos. So yeah, I usually have something 
in mind. But before I start editing, I'll usually just look at the raw footage and listen to a bunch of songs and decide one that way. And yeah, as soon as I decide on a song, then I'll start editing. So yeah, it usually is first. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that will draw people into the videos that you make will be the visual part of it. And you would, you would mention that people are kind of requesting these vertical short sort of videos. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, I just noticed that all of my clients, especially towards the end of my, you know, quote unquote, freelance career, <laughs> that they were all asking for a series uh, you know, a campaign of vertical videos that they could run as ads, either on Instagram or on TikTok or even on Pinterest is also another big vertical video platform that I feel like people don't really know is there. But, totally. Um, oh, I need yeah. to start using Pinterest more. Oh, I've been getting so into it recently and and they're really, really pushing vertical video right now. I mean, every every single platform is and it you know, I just noticed that everybody wanted these campaigns of vertical videos. And so I just kind of had this idea, like, what if I could just make that um, as a product that someone could just buy? Um, that's, you know, you don't have to hire a videographer, you don't have to go on location, you don't have to, you know, do the whole thing, you can just go to a website and be like, Ooh, I like this campaign, how that looks, I want to, I want to click and buy that. Um and so it's it's essentially a stock video what we're doing, but it's all vertical, and we sell them in in packs in collections that all go together. Um, what's really great about it is people you know find one that really goes with their brand, and then instead of just having a one off post or a one off ad that they can use, they have a series, they have a campaign that they can run. So it's it's been really fun building that, and it's really creative and. And it's definitely, it, it's more in the realm of, of what I kind of saw myself doing because, you know, like I was saying earlier, everything to me is kind of a, a an arc. Like everything has a start, a middle and an end in my brain. And so like selling videos as a campaign or as a collection or as a pack just makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's brilliant. It really is. Like, okay, so a couple examples are there are these wildflowers that are blowing in the breeze. Yes. Let's see, this one's called the Field of Flower Pack. Mm -hmm. Field of Flowers Pack. And then, but it gives just enough movement to make it interesting. Like there's the tropical leaves one where you have the sun just like peeking through and the leave mo leaves move just a little bit. It's like, it just gives that extra movement. And even like the stay, <laughs> stay in pack where it's like mm -hmm. you at home sort of thing. There, mm -hmm. oh, I like this one, the add to cart pack. Like if you're selling something online, what a cute way. I love that to one. Advertise that. Yes, there's holidays. Yeah. These pompous, the pompous pack. I just want to like eat it for breakfast. It's so delicious. <laughs> eat I it love for it. Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm it. such a dork, but I don't even care. <laughs> no, they're oh, great. I love it so much. They work really well with just incorporating what you would already be posting and just, especially if, if, you're more inclined to post still images. Um, a lot of a lot of the photographers who use them uh, use them as video backgrounds. So they'll you know 
just layer a photo on top. And then all of a sudden you have a reel out of photos that you made um, that, and you don't have to, you know, film yourself. You don't have to do a dance. You don't have to like point <laughs> to invisible boxes above your head, yeah. you know, yes. you, can, you can create something just pretty and beautiful and have it be video, um, which as we know, all the algorithms <laughs> are favoring right now. So yeah, it's, it's a really fun and creative way um, that to, to use video on social media. And it's, it's been really cool to see how our community has been getting really creative with them, um, just incorporating them into designs. Some people use them on their mobile websites. Uh, some people use them, as I said, like a Pinterest post, like promoting a blog. Like the ways to use them are just becoming endless. Um, so it's just been it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see. Yeah, I just like I'm I, I'm putting this pompous pack in my cart as we speak, <laughs> and it's not even like they're that expensive. Like, is this a decent price? Thirty four dollars for the standard license and fifty six for the extended. Totally, yeah, yeah. It's on really a, cool on a traditional stock video site. You know, that's one thing I learned while I was a videographer. Sometimes you need a piece of stock video, uh, either. You know, I remember you speaking of Ashley Taylor. I did a video for her back a few years back where we were in Venice, Italy, and we really wanted a, a a drone shot of Venice, Italy. And so I was like scrolling through all these stock video sites and like, you know, you have to scroll past a bunch of like really bad, like not beautiful, not, not something that a cool brand would want to put their name on. Yes. Right. Like you have to really dig for, for these beautiful videos. And we did end up finding one. Um, but I was just shocked at, at the price, you know, like stock video, you're going to pay $80 plus per clip. Um, and that I was just like, what? Like, why? Like, I don't know. It, 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 to me, I was like, you know, these, these are meant for social media. They're short form, they're vertical, like they're meant to be used quickly. Like I just wanted to price them in a way that would make it really easy for people to have beautiful content. I'm all about easy. Like yeah. anything that is going to be easy for me is just, it's just so important. I so know. Game changer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love this. Now, when it comes to selling a digital product, I wonder how, how similar it is to being a photographer and marketing your photo shoots and marketing yourself. Like, did you find it was any different, you know, now that you had this new digital product and I'm, I'm going through this with you because now I have, you know, my course and yeah. uh, email template, you know, my personal branding course and email templates and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of navigating this world too when it comes to marketing it. But what did you find to be different, I guess, marketing yourself as a videographer? I know you weren't a photographer, but it's obviously mm -hmm. the same, you know, even related to photography or digital products. Yeah. I mean, the biggest difference for me was I took myself out of the the product itself. You know, I wasn't, I was no longer selling me. I was now selling this thing that I made, which I guess, you know, give or take is kind of similar to being a videographer, but it, it, it just took me out of the equation a little bit more so I could separate myself from the product I was selling. You know, I gave it a different name. It wasn't like, it wasn't video by Kate. It was social motion packs. You know, it was this different entity. Right. So that's probably the biggest 
difference. But honestly, when you're selling anything, what I've learned over the past two years of doing this is people connect to other people. And so even though this product was separate from me and is now, you know, becoming its own platform and and we've got other creators from around the world making packs of their own. So it's definitely not just me making it anymore. Um, Oh, so people saw your idea and started doing it themselves. Yeah. And well, and that's one of the big things that we just launched was we're now inviting anyone to make their own packs and license them on our platform. And so that's a big smart. Yeah. I mean, they have to be approved. It's very curated. Um, But we've got some really good people coming into the library. And so that's, that's really exciting. So even though the, the brand itself is not, does not have my name on it, what I've learned is that, you know, people still want to know you. They want to know the person behind the brand. They want to know how the things are made. They want to know, you know, the story behind it. It's all kind of the same of having a photography business. You know, people still like to see the behind the scenes. They still like to see the person. And so I'm actually kind of, you know, as refreshing as it was almost to build a brand that was not centered around myself. I'm now kind of, starting to realize that, oh, no, people really connect when they can see who it, who it is behind the brand. It's true. Yeah. So that's something that's really the same with any business that you run, whether it's a digital product or a service, whether your face is on it or not, you know, people, people still want to know you. It's true. We want to do business with people and spend money with people who we, it's like no like and trust mm-hmm. or no love and trust, you know, either way. Yeah. So yeah, there is something, gosh, social media is such a beast. It's interesting to hear you say that, how it was kind of, did did you feel like it was like a relief to be able to step back a little bit and not always have to be at the forefront of your social media 24-7? Oh, totally. It It was a big relief. I mean, and also just being a musician and constantly promoting my music and and constantly, you know, asking for people to come to my shows and then also being a videographer and, and having to market myself that way. And it was just, it's been really nice, to be honest, to like step back a little bit and be like, no, this is the product. It's, it's not about me, but I, you know, I think I needed that space to realize that, oh, it's always going to be like about who you are. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, um, the most successful brands are authentic representations of the people creating them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just, that just matters across the board, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, when I, when I bring up the kind of, was it a relief to not be in social media? I know a lot of people out there listening don't always love to have to be in the spotlight and show up at networking events and all of that and and it can be hard like Mm -hmm. there are times too when I feel like that like I just don't want to have to be like look at me 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 all the Mm -hmm. the time it's like oh my gosh but we also it's like we have to find a balance between finding you know being out there and not being you know, doing it to the point where we're just exhausted from it emotionally, mentally, and just, you know, social media can be just absolutely crazy. Right. And I think just sometimes it takes taking a step back and realizing, okay, I can do this. I just need a certain strategy around it. I need a, you know, a plan Mm -hmm. and kind of decide how much you want to show up and then do it. You know, it doesn't have to be 
this thing that you wonder about every morning, like, oh, am I going to, what am I going to post today? What am I going to say today? Like, do I have to be amazing and smart and well-spoken today? Like, sometimes you just can't. Like, and I think there's so much coming at us all the time in terms of content and social media. And it's okay to take a step back and figure out what it is that you want and how much you want to show up. Um, And that's honestly, I think that's, that's the great thing about social motion facts is I really relate to my customers in the fact that I don't want to show up all the time, but I think it's important that you do at least a little bit, but you have to be authentic about it. You have to, you know, you can't just do it just because you feel like you have to, or because, you know, the person next to you on your newsfeed is doing it. Um, I think you can really make it your own. It really doesn't have to be a huge thing either. Like, you know, it can just be once a month or something. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So two things, one, again, going back to social motion packs, it makes it easier. So, I'm multitask. I probably shouldn't admit this on the air, but I'm squirrel, you know, ADHD all over the place. So I just, I just ordered the um, pompous pack. <laughs> I'm already thinking like how I'm going to use this on Pinterest oh to market my personal branding course, you know, because right now that's what I feel like marketing. And I know that it's going to be much easier now in order to do that. And, mm-hmm. and I don't have to make a video of myself because now I already had this little video and I can just throw a photo on it because it's still a video and now the algorithm's going to like it. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. And then the other thing, (laughs) the other thing I was thinking is that Sue, I feel like has kind of been the master of balancing when to be out in the public eye and when not. And, and frankly, I think that her followers would want, they want more of Sue. Everyone wants Mm -hmm. more of Sue all the time. There's over a thousand videos of her on the portrait system (laughs) platform yeah, you know all those videos, and she like people just are like they just want more, 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 more. Like, when can we have more Sue? And we're like, we you have a thousand videos. <laughs> I know she's given so much of herself. <laughs> yeah, but on social media, you and I both know she is a fiercely private person. She mm-hmm. does not give away much. Like when you are in her inner circle, you know everything about her. But it she's she's a private private person, and I feel like she has done such a good job of creating so much content. In fact, she has a new course out called Content Curator. And it is all about how to create content, digital content, become a speaker, like your full power is speaking and including that all of that into your brand and everything. Because that is what she is an absolute master at. And she's done it without having to like constantly put her face all over social media. So I feel like she's just like a genius at balancing all of it. I know. I'm so excited for her on that. I'm like, sign me up. How do yeah. I? <laughs> I am signed this. up. I'm, ex- I'm so I know, excited. I need to go sign up. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, everything is just such a balance. It's all such a balance, and and all of everything that we we talk about, even though we talked about videography and digital, like it's all it, it can all be related back to your portrait business. So it's yeah, just lots of good information. Okay, so I know people love hearing about just what it's like working with Sue and being her assistant and all of that. And so I guess my question is twofold. One, what what was it like for you? And two, do you feel like the things that you've learned from what she teaches, and granted, everything that she taught you when you worked with her and everything she taught me when I worked with, work, with, work with her is all online for you. Like she doesn't hold back. She doesn't like only teach us certain things and not put it online. Like when she's teaching oh, something, yeah. she 
she puts it out there. But mm-hmm. do you feel that what you learned from her, just working with her, being her assistant, helped you to build this new business of social motion packs? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, everything I learned from from my time uh, working with her and also, you know, all the educational videos that are on uh, her, on the portrait system are, you know, I was there <laughs> for it. <laughs> so I kind of got the full education um, uh, just in person, which was amazing. But yeah, I mean, watching her build not only not only the portrait system library and on, then onto the portrait masters, um, but you know, I literally was there. I, I remember her sitting on the couch one day. We had just done a portrait shoot, and she was like, "I think I want to start a membership program where people can log in and watch lessons on portrait photography." Like, I, I still remember when she was like, "I think I kind of want to do this." Uh, this thing. And like, maybe we can spend the next year just filming videos. And I was like, okay. Like I was like her new assistant. So I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, And going through this process, watching her do it, you know, go literally from idea to putting a team together to help you do it, to budgeting it, to actually executing all the videos and the filming and planning of the content to working with a website designer, uh, to actually launching it and then promoting it and marketing it and building it for, for years and years, you know, I got to see every single nook and cranny of that process. And I think I always say to not only to her, but to also to Aaron and, and George and Craig that I feel like I got a PhD in business just yeah. by watching them do it. And gosh, yeah, I mean, what I learned from from them is just so valuable and has been huge in my life. Like I, I tell Sue all the time that I'm not scared to go after my business goals because I saw her do it. Oh, same, um, same. And if you're a member of the portrait system, you'll you'll be right there. You'll see it too. And I think it's it's so powerful to watch someone who has done it and is so willing to give information, give advice, and literally give you a step-by-step of how you can do it too. Um, there's nothing more valuable than that because all of a sudden you believe you can do it. And then, yeah. and that's everything, right? Like you have mm-hmm. to believe you can do it. And if you, if you don't see somebody who's actively doing it, it becomes that much harder. But yeah, she, she really changed my life. And in terms of even just dealing with fires that come up, uh, setbacks. How do you pivot when something isn't going as you planned? Um, gosh, there's there's so much I could go on and on. Honestly, I know, um, I know. Yeah, they they really changed my whole perspective on on building a business, and and also I think one of the biggest things I learned from them was that it doesn't have to be perfect at the get go. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That you can just you can just start and. You know, it doesn't have to be this big, expensive thing. It doesn't have to be something that you spent a year learning how to do. You know, like when we started recording all of the educational videos, 
it was in her home studio. It was me and Aaron moving furniture around, setting up camera. You know, I'd be on a camera and running audio and doing the model's makeup. And like, it was just so DIY at the beginning and people don't realize that. And and those videos are still up on the library now and are super valuable. And, and it's just, you know, being a part of that process, just realizing that you really don't have to be this huge production company or have a huge budget or whatever like you can just do it you can just try it and then build I feel like I could go on forever but I I know I know I could too and just one last thing about that is something that I really love is that Sue walked the walk before Mm -hmm. she taught any of this everything that she teaches it's because she experienced it 100% like you exactly what you said put out the fires Uh, failed, got up and failed again, and then redid it and learned how to do it better. Mm -hmm. And so once she mastered that, you know, and was in business so long as as a portrait photographer, then she started teaching it. And now she's been so successful as an educator for so long. Now she's Mm -hmm. teaching other people how to be educators, how to be content curators, because Mm -hmm. she is a master at that now. So it's like, I don't know, it's just really cool. And I think that I think that it's really important to understand too, as a photographer, right now, your career might ebb and flow. Things might change. Like, Caitlin, you came in as a musician and then an assistant, then videographer. Now you own this huge company called Social Motion Packs. And like, (laughs) you know, everything is is going to evolve and change as much as you want it to or as much as you let it. And Mm -hmm. every skill that you're learning now as a portrait photographer is going to, in some way, help you as your, your own career evolves and changes. Maybe you become an educator. Maybe you launch digital products. Like everything that I learned from being a portrait photographer for so many years, I like poured my heart into my course. And I knew, I, you know, it's like you already know how to make a website. You already know how to market yourself. Yeah. You already know how to write content on your website because you've already done it. You're just doing it in a different way for a different part of your career. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm kind of on my soapbox right now, but I, you know, I, I looked at myself like, do I want to be, you know, 30 years from now working in a portrait, my portrait studio or whatever? Like, no, probably not. Like, I don't have that much long of an attention span. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you in the sense that being a portrait photographer, honestly, is such a huge skill that can take you into anything. Mm-hmm. I think just mm-hmm. being a photographer can it gives you such a leg up. Do you know how many people wish that they could work a camera and like how many industries do you need photos? Every, every single industry, you know, it's like, it really opens you up to endless possibilities. I think being a photographer, it should be like a prerequisite for any entrepreneur. <laughs> like I, totally, I really, totally. yeah, I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have this like 10 year itch. I feel like, I guess I'm mm-hmm. I'm starting to call it where I've been a you know portrait photographer for ten years. Wow, it's amazing. It's you know, and then I started to like once I started hosting this podcast. I had no idea that I would really love interviewing people on podcasts so much, but that's been really amazing. And then I've through the podcast, I learned how much I really love to teach, and so then it's like starting the course and. Anyways, it's mm-hmm. it's like I was a so- school social worker for just over ten years, and then photographer. And now I'm moving into education, and it's just like. Every skill that I learned from everything I've done, I'm tr- transferring into something new. So I don't right. know. Right. I don't know. It's just all so cool the way that things yeah. can, doors can open up for you. 
And you don't have to choose one thing. I think that's the most beautiful thing is that you can just throughout your life, you can be as multifaceted as you want and it's all going to feed into each other. Like all of your skills will combine to create whatever it is that you're going to become 10 years from now. And like, who knows? And how exciting, like how cool. Isn't it? Who would have thought like Nikki, when you were a social worker that you'd be now running a podcast with over a million downloads and you I know, know. Like, how I know. cool, so wild. but it all kind of goes together and, and yeah, it's so interesting to watch it all unfold. Yeah. There's that creative part too, that w- is really fun and being able to like stretch your wings and do other things creatively, but also the logistically, like the mm-hmm. shit business stuff you have to do like now because you're a portrait photographer hopefully by now you've set up an llc so if you ever decide to evolve your you know business and start something new you already Mm -hmm. know how to do an llc you probably already have a good cpa like all of these things that are so overwhelming and hard at the beginning when you switch gears it's not as overwhelming because you already know the ins and outs of being a business owner and right you know so it's yeah Yeah. Yeah. It's everything like everything that you learn just, oh my gosh. Yeah. And and that was another part that I learned from working with Sue is even just like the nitty gritty things of like, how do you find a CPA? How do you do your taxes? Like, how do you, like I was 22. Yeah. I was 22 when I first started working for Sue. And so the fact that I got to see all of that from the beginning, uh, just made it so when I went to start my business, I was like, oh, I already know which boxes to tick. Like, I already know what to do because she already laid it out for me. Uh, it was so, it's like seriously so valuable. In, I, it's invaluable. I mean, it's, in, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much. I'm, you know, for sharing everything. I'm so excited for you and just where everything's going. And I can't wait to see how you grow social motion packs. And I know there's, you have social motion music. Yeah, we just launched, uh, we're calling them sound packs. Sound packs. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. So I'm I'm creating some. I have some uh, really amazing musicians who are also creating some. And, and yeah, we're just going to keep on growing the library. It's really, really fun. So exciting. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) I know I've said this to you before, but you're just one of my most favorite people in the entire world. And Uh, I'm like our good old Midwestern roots. I knew when it was like, she's from Wisconsin. I was like, yes, she's a Midwestern girl. (laughs) I know. It's like anytime I meet someone from the Midwest, I'm like, you know, you know what's up. (laughs) Like, I know you're going to be really friendly and amazing. So, yeah. (laughs) So funny. I love it. Okay. So where can people find you? Oh, wait. I didn't ask you the four questions. Oh, I got to ask you the four questions. Okay. Um, Actually, let's just start. Where can people find you online? Then I'll ask you the questions. Sure. On Instagram, my handle is her name is Kate, uh, spelling Kate, C-A-I-T. And then social motion packs on Instagram is social motion packs, um, all one string, just like that. And you can find us at socialmotionpacks.com or my personal website is hernameiskate.com. Awesome. Okay. Now I will get into the questions, four questions I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is what can't you live without when you're doing a photo shoot, but you could maybe talk about video if you want instead. Oh, what, what I can't live without when I'm doing a photo shoot. Hmm. Honestly, my iPad, like what we talked about earlier, having it there as a second screen, even if I'm not using it for remote shooting, even just having like my Pinterest board or like, you know, some kind of inspiration up on my iPad is everything. I have to have that with me. So you have your, I'm sorry, I'm still like 
stuck on this. So you have your iPad connected to, like you just have the app on your iPad connected to your computer. Connected to your camera. Yeah. Your DSLR. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, yeah, it basically acts as your camera. So I actually can't use my camera the way I normally would when it's connected to my iPad. Like I take the photo from my iPad or I start the video from there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) I'm going to have to play around with this. Yes. You'd think I'd know this stuff, but I'm just like, uh, I just, like learning new tech yeah. stuff is at the, I'm just like, uh, I, I feel like you'd only really know it if you're taking a lot of self-portraits. Right, right. Because <laughs> it's like when you're photographing someone else, you don't really need it. No, that's I'm yeah. always photographing other people. So it's like, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? That's a good question because I feel like I haven't taken that much time off (laughs) recently. It's been, we just relaunched everything. So it's been very crazy the last six months. But um, I honestly, I just love spending time with my dog and my boyfriend. We go for walks. We go to the beach. That's probably my favorite thing to do. Oh, your boyfriend, Esty, he's just the cutest. And baby Juno. Baby Juno. The cutest little family. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Um, number three is, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And I know you gave us one before, so if you want to use that one again, that's totally fine. I actually have have another one, and okay. it's kind of actually become more of a mantra for social motion packs, but it was already my favorite quote before I started that. It's by Rumi, and it says, stop acting so small. You are the universe in ecstatic motion. Mm. And I just love that because, I don't know, it just always lights a little bit of a fire under my butt. Like, yeah, I'm not that small. I can do things. I can do hard things. Like, let's go. I don't know. I love that quote. Absolutely. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And number four is what advice do you have for people who are just starting out with their business? I would say go on an inspiration hunt. That's one thing I really love when I'm starting something new. Just go and find people. Find people who are doing it, or even if they're not doing it, just find people who are inspiring to you, doing something in the lane that you want to go in, and just gather information. Gather as much information as you can. Take a course, sign up for a membership, follow people on Instagram. Just really educate yourself in the world and and find the community because there is one. And I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is yeah, go on an ins- inspiration hunt and, and find something that lights you up about where you're going. Awesome. Very cool. All right, my dear. Thank you again. And I really hope I get to see you soon. But I just love you to pieces. And thank you for sharing all of this. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. And I love you, too. I hope we can see each other really soon. We need to make some plans. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.